welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. Joe, it's it's that time of year. Not Halloween, not the holidays. It's this PowerPoint. Is Halloween. Oh. <laughs> it's PowerPoint time. Uh PowerPoint. PowerPoint. And uh this is where old nerd uh, nerdy Leland comes alive. Uh all my years of Excel mastery and uh just having the mind to sit here and punch numbers into excel this is what it pays off and so i've actually been really calm with my powerpoint you know making put it in there up until this week now i spent most of the afternoon uh, the later part of the afternoon once i got work done just slamming on this so and i only got region 2b done so that's fun but let's start with 2b we watched the 2b uh, team win on Friday as we saw Fort Defiance beat Stanton. Let's talk about the game before we talk about the power what the games before we talk about the PowerPoints. I mean, Stanton D was there. I mean, the game started unlike we expected with scoring going each way and Fort having long drives against the tough Stanton defense, Stanton ripping off massive plays to be within a point. But then the game kind of turned into what we thought it would with only one more touchdown through three quarters, and that was Fort Defiance early in the third quarter. And uh, it made me more impressed with Fort Defiance as the pressure was on for them coming into this game that they had the bye week, they're playing the tough stand defense, they needed to fend off any of the you know back patent that they've been receiving, and uh, they did that. They didn't look – like they thought too much of them. I mean, they looked confident. They didn't look um, overconfident. So I I was impressed. Yeah. I mean, again, like for me, when we watched the game on Friday night, I kept touching on, you know, man, Ford is moving the ball pretty well against an elite defense. Um, And I thought early on Stanton was a little slow to making the adjustment of not giving Armin Trout room pressing him yeah. um and then they once they started pressing him that kind of went away a little bit they did have some completion still but it was a lot slower moving uh they relied more on the ground game stanton is good at stopping that um but but we did touch on it at halftime and it was my concern for stanton going forward and it's been my concern now that i've seen it like i i can see how they lose all these games by one score their offense is boomer bust. That's their scoring style. And, and honestly, their offense only scored once. It was a 91-yard kickoff return that was another touchdown. Um, so it's just not consistent enough on the offensive side. They make a lot of mistakes. They make a lot of penalties. This game was very chippy between both sides. It's a rivalry. They don't like each other. The JV oh, game absolutely. had some I mean, of it. Was- yeah, the JV game. Uh, the had phrase some of it. "echo of the whistle" is what I used on Friday night, and, and it was every bit of that. I mean, it was echo and then some of the whistle. They were still engaging in contact with each other. Absolutely. Yeah, I know the JV game had some of that too earlier in the week, so I wasn't terribly surprised to see some of it carry over. But yeah, to me, I, I don't know. With Stanton, the defense is really, really good. I, I am. <laughs> absolutely concerned that the players graduating from that defensive side of the ball are going to be a problem next year. If the offense, even if the offense does get better, that defense isn't going to be what it was this year. And so I don't know if this is a playoff team next year. And, um, but I want to give credit to Fort because I came away from that game thinking, okay, I, 
I don't think there's a team in Region 2B that I look at and go, yeah, there's no way Fort wins this game. Like, uh, Fort, yeah. Fort, when they play to the best of their ability, they can play with anybody. Their defense was good. Their defense didn't make a ton of mistakes, which was good to see. Um, and, and their offense, again, moved the ball against, I think, the best defense they've seen all year. I think the best defense they're probably going to see all year. Um, I, I haven't look too much into 2C and 2D or even 2A really all that much to know what those defenses look like. But I got to be honest, this is the toughest defense they've seen. I I have seen the top teams in 2B. Their defenses aren't what Stanton is. So I I think they're going to be fine. Riverheads is probably the closest comp, but even as good as Riverheads defense is, I do feel Stanton is a better defense. They've got more speed, especially for what Fort is, right? Fort wants to be able to throw the ball and Stanton has the corners to take that away. And Fort Fort took advantage of cushion that they got early. And then they also had some great play designs and it was good play calling from Fort. And again, I I think this is a prepared for that defense. Yeah. This is a really good football team Fort has and Fort. I I think while maybe a region championship, isn't the expectation of most to be fans out there. I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility for Fort Defiance. You don't rule it out. You don't no. rule it out. I, I agree. I think I think we made the point. I think it's more playoff talk, and I want to come back to this game real quick. But I do think Fort Defiance is that is is part of that top four that I think is kind of capable of beating everybody. And 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 we'll set more of that up here in a minute. But uh, yeah, I was impressed with how prepared Fort Defiance was. They came out firing. They came out with that confidence, and I really liked that. Stanton got to harp on the negative. I just feel like with their passing game, they go east and west and not north and south. And I think they'd be a lot better if they attacked that a little bit more. I know they had some over the top that didn't get complete, but like even some mid-range north and south. I think they need to kind of work that in uh, this offseason so that can show that growth of that offense next year with some of that involved because I think that'll be very beneficial. Um, well, yeah, let's talk I, about I don't that. Know what more. Let's talk about that. The one team I see – have a mid-range passing game in the area is Fort Defiance. And they have a lot of success in their passing game. Everybody else, it feels like it's got to be side has, to side. Wilson has come on this season. I, th- I think you missed them the last time. We yeah, had I didn't see that. I haven't seen them since Pogorski. I do think that's coming in. So I do, I'll give them a little bit of credit, but Fort's better at it. And as we talk about the connection that Pogorski and the Jarvis kid um, mm-hmm. have, I hope I had the right name there, but they have a uh, the receiver that's a, has a real strong connection with Pogorski. They're doing what Fort Miller and Armand Trout are already I mean, doing. And, and I don't even mastered. mean and they're just like they're just on the same page. Yeah, but you're not you're not getting my point here. I'm I'm not even saying like high success rate, high success rate, high success rate, and they're these. It's because this quarterback's amazing and these receivers are amazing. I'm saying from the play calling standpoint, give your quarterbacks a chance to be successful. Everybody else in this district, it seems like we're either going to throw a screen pass, a swing pass, or it's going to be a deep Uh, ball. And we're going to pray that our receiver gets on the end of it, or there's a flag. Like, I I just think there's too many. Yeah, there's too many times where we're, where we call a game and I'm like, I don't know, maybe on third and five, you don't need to throw it 50 yards down the field. You don't have to go to the end zone. Like, I, maybe that's not the right play call. And maybe we do run a slant or a post over the middle and see what happens. Like, I yep. just think Coach Rolf and Those them have pushed all like the Miller, right buttons. Like the Miller and Armand yes. run are so productive. Yes. You don't have to get a first down on your pass plays. 
It's okay to get yeah. six, seven yards on a first down pass play Catch instead of a second and three. Yards and see what happens. Yeah, because yeah. maybe he breaks the tackle. Maybe it turns into a first down. But even if he doesn't, it's second and manageable, or it's third and manageable. Like I don't. There are too many times where I think coaches go for broke on pass plays, and I'm just like, man, you really could have served having something a little closer to your quarterback that maybe doesn't have the arm for that. And Stanton's quarterback has the arm. I mean, he was overthrowing some people some, but I would like to see him on those over-the-middle routes. Like, if he can hit the guys, those are completions. That's moving the chains, and it's not we're going to hand it off to Braylon Fields or we're going to have the quarterback run around and hope that the offensive line protects him long enough to throw a ball all the way down the field. Like, yeah, I just think there is, uh, there's, there's a middle part of the field that does not get utilized a lot in play calls. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And Ford does it the best. Uh, and, and honestly, Wilson's next best. I think you're, I mean, I haven't seen Waynesboro this year, but I'm guessing that there's some of that there with them as well, because they (laughs) They throw the ball a lot deep against riverheads. Every uh, the the score of that game, thirty five points. Waynesboro puts up. You 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 tell that coach, hey, you're going to put thirty five points on Riverheads. You know that coach is pumped. Problem is they give up sixty two. So uh, that's that's the problem. But uh, yeah, no Waynesboro has really developed their passing game. I think over two hundred yards passing. But from all the highlights I saw and looking at the stat numbers that I was able to see, it was a lot of big plays. Just a lot of forty, fifty, sixty yard plays, and you know, from someone looking from the Riverhead side of things like I do, you don't love it. You don't love a, like a team that's oh and going to finish 0-10, putting up 35 points on your team. But I like that those defensive backs and linebackers and anybody backing up to try to cover a pass got tested this, this past week. I like it for them, as you don't know what they're going to see. I honestly thought John Marshall would present a passing game to them that they'd have to defend. That's not going to happen now because John Marshall on Monday – forfeited that game which i would love to talk about more uh but i think that's going to be handy for riverheads as they you know get into the playoffs against a madison team that i know will toss the ball a little bit but then in a rematch against central who is more uh committed to pass than they were in week one and and teams like that and if they have to see ford again they see ford yeah i you know like i i like that they were tested there and and probably got a lot of film to say what they did wrong and and as we know with riverheads coaching has an impact on that team. And so I think I, I like that they were able to experience that in a win and, um, and have that experience, but so not a whole lot. I mean, Caden cook cash had five touchdowns, but I mean, they're playing Waynesboro, So we'll, we'll move on from that point. I, I will say I was not happy to hear that John Marshall forfeited this game. Now, I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll hear why they chose to forfeit. I'm sure I'm, I'm just pretty confident unless something tragic has happened that I'm unaware of. And we will edit this out if that's the case. I assume they'll say we're low on numbers and this and that. It's going to be tough for me to just to swallow that when you see that they just lost 70 to nothing a week ago. They have a first year head coach. They're two and eight now after this forfeit. I just, it just, I doesn't sit with me well for a, a program that has a basketball team that beats team 70 to set, you know, by 70 points, by 70 to nothing close but it just irritates me that if they were not wanting to travel to get beat down i i don't like that look i don't i don't like it at all so barring unforeseen news that would be absolutely excusable if it's the we don't have enough players i'm it's just hard for me to believe that and i haven't pulled their roster up to see if they only had 25 guys to begin with maybe that's something i should do but i just i just this one sits wrong 
uh, on the day that it's been dropped, that news has been dropped. It just sits wrong with me. Uh, yeah. And yeah, you saying that we don't know why, and that's why I'm a little hesitant. Yeah. Um, There was my hesitation in there somewhere. Because you just, you don't know. Um, but I will say I don't on the surface, um, I do share the same concerns. Like, if there's a tragedy, that's understandable. But if it's not, then I, I do I'm, kind of... I'm already past 30 count. They got 30 couple kids on the roster. So I do kind of... I mean, we hear their coach say all the time when they're blowing teams out, and this isn't really fair. And In basketball. In basketball. And you hear the coach say, well, if you want to stop us, then you got to beat us. Like... We're not, and they they've got starters in. They're pressing. They're dunking all over the place for four quarters. Um, it would be disappointing if the football team forfeits this game because they don't want that to happen to them. Um, but it, it it I think the thing that bothers me the most is not what the final score could be in this game. That doesn't bother me. And 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 whatever. It's a win. Riverheads advances. They're going to be the two seed. Whatever. Let's go. I I think three years ago only taught us that these opportunities to play this game are precious and they can be taken away from all of us. And so when one is, and what seem seemingly doesn't feel like a necessity, it just bothers me. And and like these kids only have so many times to throw on that helmet, throw on those shoulder pads, go out there and play, especially for a home game, especially on what's scheduled to be senior night. You know, some kids have to get people to come into town for senior night and stuff like that. And, yeah, okay, well, you can do it the next week during the playoff. Well, that's kind of weird, and that's when you want a little more focus, and, you know, you kind of account for it being on the last night of the season, and I think this the scheduling kind of accounted for it well. But – and so maybe you still get to do some of the ceremony, but somewhere along the line, someone's going to have it not be as optimal as it could have been, and I, I hate that for them. I hate that the kids miss out on opportunity to play across the board on both sides. I hate that John Marshall has 30-some kids on this roster that are going to play one less game than they were originally scheduled to. And so I, I don't know. I just don't like it. And, and I will apologize if there was, if there's a really great reason that they can't play, but I, I, I'm just not feeling it. I bet I would hear that already if that was there. So. Um, yeah. I mean, senior night against Madison County is not a big deal, but Riverheads doesn't have to be focused. That's they're going to kill Madison. No, but. I, I I don't know. There's a mindset to it. Like everything was planning for this, and I'm I, sure I know they're planning for that. Like grandma and grandpa, yeah, coming yeah. into town, and this and that. And like, I just wish it could happen. Just tell grandma and grandpa come next weekend. You know, it, it'll be fine. We'll also have a second homecoming. Like uh, that, I don't. The whole like you don't want to disrespect or or like have your focus thrown off for a playoff game. Generally, yes. This example, no. First round playoff games in the VHSL because of who they let in, especially at the bottom, those are glorified practices. Let's go to the next game. Uh, Wilson beats draft. Wilson, the team that's on the outside looking in. Their numbers are still close enough that you cannot rule them out. There's just too much traffic. There's just no way everything goes wrong enough for them to be able to pass the multiple teams that it takes. But they win. And so credit to Reinberg. Absolutely. He was a guest on our podcast in August. I was really worried about him being able to keep a team this week. 
across the board that it would take to beat Swisher. Because Swisher's solid. They're an eight seed. They're going to be in the playoffs. It's a rivalry game. Like, he kept their heads in it. So I appreciate that. It wasn't, you know, uh, the week before against Waynesboro, when they're kind of the same mood, I thought, oh, that's kind of a sign that, you know, things aren't right. But, you know, maybe Waynesboro's just that much better than we thought. But it, they were going out there, won the game. Maybe it was a wake-up call. and Maybe that helped focus them. So I appreciate Wilson coming out, winning that game. They went up 14 nothing. Then they had to hold on. And in a game that I thought special teams might be the difference, it was. It was just Wilson was good on extra points, and Stewart's draft just put six up uh, on one of the touchdowns. So I, I, I was impressed that Wilson was able to win that game. I didn't see – I really didn't predict that to come that way just because I knew Stewart's draft was still trying to play for like a seven seed or, or something. So. Yeah, um, I – Look, not seeing the game, I hear you. I, I think this is obviously credit to Wilson Memorial. They came out and did what they needed to do to win. This kind of goes into what we've talked about, though, on uh, tailgate shows and on this podcast, though, when it comes to Stewart's draft, is this offense is too one-dimensional. And if a defense can stop what you do, it, they're done. If, if Baylor Graber and Landon Graber can't have 100 yards rushing, or at least Baylor Graber can't have 100 yards rushing a couple touchdowns and Landon Graber add another rushing touchdown somewhere, Swiss draft ain't winning. Like, it's just that simple. And, and that would be my concern when they play Central. They're not going to have that many rushing yards, and they're not going to have multiple touchdowns. And so then the question is, okay, are they going to be able to stop Central? We'll find out. That's going to have to be their recipe for success. And I, I just don't see it there. Like, I, I don't think this offense is dynamic enough to be able to upset a Central Falcons team. And – I think that's what we saw here tonight. He's good enough to slow him down. No, no, it's not because look, I know the defense has looked all right this season, but it's not the normal Stewart's draft defense, which is what they would need to even have a shot better, but it's still not there, but they need that old Stewart's draft defense. The one giving up less than 10 points a game to, to have a shot against the central Falcons team. And that's not who's coming through that. That's not who's coming down the stairs and through the gate. Like that's not who's coming in. So let's talk this playoff outlook. Let's talk about 2B first because that's kind of where there's most balls in the air. Central's a lock at number one. So write that down. And and honestly, Stewart's draft, they're a lock at number eight. So we know in two weeks, Stewart's draft's going to go to Central Woodstock. That's a done deal. Anybody at those two schools don't need to stay up Friday night waiting for outcomes. That's what's coming. Riverheads is all but a lock. There's a slight percentage of Strasburg winning uh, that if everything goes against Riverheads and everything goes Forcer's Trap where they could get ahead of Riverheads, it's not, it's not going to happen. That's just one of those, it's just not going to happen. So a virtual lock for Riverheads at that two position, uh, and their power points are even more locked in now that they got that win from the forfeit from the John Marshall game. So it, it makes that a little bit easier to, to not mess around with. So basically six and se- uh, six and seven, it looks very likely that Clark County Madison will be those two teams. Um, it, it's just the way, the way PowerPoints work. I, I don't want to actually dive into it that much. If you've listened to me before, if you listen to previous years, it's the same spiel I give, but basically Clark County Madison, the winner of that six loser, seven loser, seven will be traveling to riverheads. Uh, so if, so there's that where you have the toss up is this three, four, five, you got Strasburg, Fort defiance and Buckingham. In the current standing, Strasburg is three, Fort Defiance is four, Buckingham dropped two places to five. Now, Buckingham plays Amelia this week. That's a team that has some wins. So if they're able to beat them, they will 
probably pass Fort Defiance in these standings. If Strasburg wins, they'll be the three seed. If they lose, they won't be worse than the four seed. So that's that's where that sits. So Fort Defiance, if they want the three seed, they need to win, obviously, and then Strasburg and Buckingham have to lose because Buckingham's likely to pass Fort if they win. Fort Defiance can be the four seed if Buckingham loses, and that's I think I think I did all the circles there. So that's the area that we're talking about. You know, Fort Defiance would love to be that three or four seed for sure. So if you want that to happen, just be rooting against Strasburg and and Buckingham. And if you get one of those right, that's probably where you're at. So that's that's my advice to Fort Defiance fans. You know, the rider points are always important. But to be just kind of the way it works out, there's enough crossing over and flip-flop. And I know Buckingham's the odd man out, but across the rest of the board, it just kind of starts to really get a lot clearer if you just look at this week's wins and losses. So with Fort Defiance, root against Strasburg, root against Buckingham County, and that, that'll help you the more of that that goes in your favor. So now that's, that's to be. I do have a question because you said yeah. if, if Strasburg loses, they won't be worse than the four. I'm looking at your math here, and it does look like there's a possibility where they could be five if these red numbers are, like, worst-case scenario. I think with rider points projected, like, some of that is me making some assumptions. So I would say don't root for any major upsets either if you're Fort Defiance for – straw for in that area you want things to kind of go as planned and you want Strasburg and Buckingham to lose physically possible is something I usually come back to really often on these powerpoints but when trying to simplify them for talking on here I I will say it's very likely Strasburg won't go below the four seed okay I was gonna say when you I just when you said Worst case possible. Yeah. Okay. I I was gonna say I just for the listeners I didn't want them to be like oh Leland doesn't always I you're saying most likely Strasburg won't be worse yeah. than the four. I was going to say, because I saw, and I was looking at it, I was like, well, that number is smaller, and this fort number is higher. Like, So that's where I was getting confused. I just wanted to clarify for listeners, because I, I have not d- dove into the PowerPoints like you have. Um, My issue, I, I also, I think when you saw a text from me earlier that kind of laid that in stone, I had some math that really was saying that, and there was a guy on a message board that was saying that, so I really felt confident about it. And then when I transferred over to back to Excel, I did realize there's, uh, I think, a mistake that he made too, but I'll, I'll leave that alone. Um, but it's a minor mistake. It, it's it's changing things by a couple points. It's not, yeah. not much. So, well, of points. we'll see. I mean, obviously, we're hoping Fort yeah. can get to host a playoff game somehow. Uh, that would yes. be great for them. I think that would be Absolutely. good for their fan That's base. Um, but all that remains to be seen still. So, so in, so in three C, uh, you do have Wilson Memorial. They're now sitting at tenth outside, but they're only point uh, <laughs> nine out of the. You AC. mean two B? And what helps? What what helps them is that Monticello plays Fluvanna, so they'd be rooting for Monticello. Time out! 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 Listen! 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 Time out! Time out! I'm getting confused. You said in 3C, and then you said Fort. Who are we talking about? I meant Wilson. Excuse okay. Me. That's that's why I wanted to stop you, because I'm sure our audience was confused, because I was confused. Wilson Memorial is point nine out. Okay. 
but they need Monticello Heritage, Fluvanna, and Broadway, basically all to lose. And did I say Monticello? Heritage, Fluvanna, Broadway to lose. Monticello or Fluvanna, one of them have to win. But Wilson would rather Fluvanna lose that ballgame. So by Friday, there'll be a tweet out there that <laughs> makes this a little bit clearer. Wilson mathematically can still be in, but they need all the help in the world like they've needed. Now, they've done well to help themselves. They beat Waynesboro two weeks ago. They beat Stewart's Draft this week. And the great thing about PowerPoints, it doesn't matter if you win by one or 30. I think that Waynesboro game is that example. And uh, so that's, that's what uh, Wilson has done for themselves to leave them in the conversation. They still need all that same help that we've been saying they need. And my concern there would be like, I don't think they're going to get all the help that they need. It's a lot yeah, that they it, need. It, it, yes. Math, year, like we said like, earlier with Strasburg, mathematically, they could yeah, fall to five, but thing. not likely. Mathematically, Wilson yeah, could get in. Not likely. Exactly. And so, uh, yeah, I don't want to say it's possible for one team and not another team when we're using the same likelihood. It's, right. It's just not likely for Wilson to get in, but they don't play this week, so they don't have to take care of their own business. They can just sit there and watch. I assume they're still practicing this week, uh, but uh, I don't know. Gosh, you hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they mathematically can get in, so I don't know why they wouldn't. Uh, obviously, Stanton's out like they have been. They sit in the same spot they did. Waynesboro moved up a, a spot. Um, I, I think Buckingham in 2B was the example I wanted to use. I wish I would have hit on that when we talked about them. They won last week and they dropped two spots. And so any year you're listening to these PowerPoints and you're like, oh, well, they're the three seed. They'll just stay there. And I'm not talking to you, Joe. I'm talking to our listeners. Right. Uh, no. If you play a team that's winless, you're not moving up. And honestly, looking at Buckingham's strength of schedule, it's pretty bad. I mean, they play a lot of zero and one win teams. So that's what's costing them right now. So, but they, and they have a tough one against Amelia. Amelia is not a walkover team this week. So Fort Defiance fans, if you're worried that much about – Strasburg or Buckingham losing or anything. Buckingham is playing a tough game. So is Strasburg. So you just really need one of those teams to lose and you're going to feel a lot better about yourselves. Yeah. Just uh, read Amelia Bedelia this week, become big Amelia fans. <laughs> and, uh, but more, more importantly, you know, like we, like we've said to other teams, you got to win first. You got to take care of what you can control. So Yep. Win your game. Wilson doesn't play this week, so they can't do that. <laughs> right. Win your game, and then the rest will take yep. care of itself. I'm sure that's the message Coach Rolf is preaching to his players. Don't worry about what's Buffalo going on Gap outside. Out there. Just win your game. Yep. Bu- Buffalo Gap out there is the seven seed. Uh, we said the Sussex and uh, Sunswick, Sussex Central and Brunswick game last week would pretty much decide who Gap was going to play. Well, Alta Vista kind of got bumped up there in that mix. So now we'll have to see between Alta Vista or Brunswick who finishes in that two seed. But that's where Buffalo Gap will go to one of those two places. That one's pretty simple. And as Joe says, to go there and lose. So Who's going there and losing? (laughs) Buffalo Gap. Well, they are. Uh, Let's be frank. I'm not arguing with you. I just, I, I needed you to say it and you weren't saying it. So. <laughs> I was trying to be nice this week. <laughs> I won't let you be nice. So that's the PowerPoints. Uh, like I said, there'll be a tweet later in the week that hopefully can, makes this more concise. Um, Patrick Heights already texting me uh, uh, for questions for his article. So it, the information will be out there. Everybody that's playing this week, go in. That'll, that'll help you a lot. Yeah. 
Let's yeah. talk about volleyball right, because there's volley. some yeah, yeah, there's some shenanigans here. So let's talk about who's playing. To be Riverheads and Fort Defiance and Stewart's Draft all get to take part in that 2B tournament. Fort Defiance is the two seed in that tournament as uh, they will be hosting the – hold on, let me open the bracket so I say this right because I just think I wrote the numbers down wrong. Fort Defiance is hosting Madison County on Tuesday night, and that's the seven seed. And uh, the winner of that game will play the winner of Clark County, Loray. So that's what's happening there. Riverheads is the four seed. They do get a home game on Tuesday night. Uh, they're going to play Buckingham. Uh, the winner of that one will face off against the number one versus number eight, Stewart's draft seed. Number one there is Central. So uh, potentially a Riverhead Central volleyball matchup in that second round on Thursday night. If that goes the case, Fort Defiance would see either Clark or Ray. So that's what we're looking like in 2B. I think Fort's very dangerous in that 2B. Um you know, power. There's there's a version of PowerPoints for the other sports, uh, other than football, that work slightly differently, but they're it's still a mathematic formula. I think Fort Defiance is my favorite in this tournament. Acknowledging Central solid, they're good, but uh, Fort Defiance, I, I believe, is better. I would agree. I think they're very capable of getting to the region championship and at least advancing to the state. So yeah, absolutely. Um, and as a two seed, you'd hope so. Uh, in class one, Buffalo Gap makes it. They were 0-12 in the district, but they're the five seed in region 1B as a great example of how great that region is. If Gap is able to advance while winning at Franklin, they would have to go probably to Alta Vista on Thursday. I don't. Yep. Uh, I don't want to say anything about <laughs> 1B. I've already said it with football, and I don't I don't want to say anything. So let's get to 3C. Our local teams, Wilson, Stanton, Waynesboro, all in a battle for that third spot coming down late in the stretch of the season. Teams beating up on each other down the stretch. I and mean, we saw Riverheads losing to Waynesboro, but then, you know, beating trap, but then Waynesboro going and losing to Stanton. And, and St- I think Riverheads swept Stanton this year. So they all beat up on each other a little bit in there. And the outcome of that, because of the PowerPoints, there's no – district promise anymore in 3c and that means none of our local teams from 3c make the volleyball region tournament rockbridge is the number one seed number two is western albemarle and i can read off all these teams and none of them are going to be wilson or stanton or wayne east rock is the team that got in yeah east rock was the last one in yeah i i hate it i hate that they missed out uh i appreciated the volleyball we had this year where where there was teams beating up on each other and it wasn't as predictable and you know, we had, you know, eight and four, two, seven and five teams and a six and six team. And it, it made it interesting. But in the end, that's going to cost. We, we needed one of those three C teams to be the second best team in this district. Um, so that's that's where we sit. Uh, I believe in past years, because I think it bit us on this podcast. There was whoever finishes top in the Shenandoah from three C is in. And then that second one depended on points. And I think there was one time we didn't get a second team in because of those points. And we didn't love that then, but we understood, but this year, no district promises uh, between those districts that are involved and and Shenandoah district gets left out. Yeah. And and that's the disappointing part in all of this is because I'm not saying it's unfair. It's just disappointing. It is. I I also don't know why the VHSL can't, I mean, we do this with football. Why can't somebody release the PowerPoints 
before the season ends. And I know there's going to be people saying, well, what does that change? Well, I mean, teams know what they got to do, and maybe there's a little more urgency um, versus guessing. Um, And yes. It seems like coaches usually know, so I would hope at those teams that urgency was there. I just would have liked to know about it. I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why it's so hard for the VHSL. And what are they doing up there? In Region 1B, someone runs a magnificent website that, that runs that. Of all, the, and the that region is like the is least deserving. <laughs> that region is the least deserving of something like that. Yes, we need that person to expand their horizons and do some more regions. So, oh my! And gosh. if someone's saying, "Hey, Leland, why don't you do it?" No, somebody else needs to go do this, and I will be glad to give that give them credit. Yeah, their share ass. their work, <laughs> pump them up. But yeah, like a region one B of all the regions in the world. I would say of all the regions in the country, got to be least deserving. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're always, we're, we're used to like grand statements of how great a region is in comparison to every other region on earth. 1B uh, stands for <laughs> number one bad. Like, just pick the sport, pick the sport bad. Well, we look forward to those volleyball playoffs this week. Uh, we have a lot of hope for Fort Defiance. Um, It'd be, it'd be cool if Riverheads could do a little upset in the way that bracket sits, but I think Fort Defiance is that team we need to, yep. to ride here. And this is a team that in 3C, you know, got out of that region, got to the States before. So uh, I would think here in 2B, they're going to be very competitive. And yeah, if they make it to that region championship game and can advance from there, I'm, I'm excited. All right, let's move it to uh, competition cheer, a quick little run there. Fort did win, win region 2B. Draft finished second, so the Shenandoah District really representing Region 2B, uh, representing the Shenandoah District in 2B very well. So both of our Shenandoah teams can go to states there. That's was awesome to see. And uh, I don't have the the notes on uh, Class 3. I thought Wilson did very well there. So uh, that's that's a bad bad production right there. I Let's think, go to cross country. I think I saw where Waynesboro is also going to states. Great. Great. I'm pretty sure I saw I, that from our uh, previous guest, uh, Lori Alshire. That's great. Happy to hear it. We will make sure we talk about them in States. I think there's a week before that. So we should be able to hit this fully next week. Cross country, the boys side for cross country, Waynesboro won again. Wilson finishes second. It, it was a pretty dominating side there. They won going away. And on the girls' side, a very similar uh, separation there as Wilson wins the girls' side, Fort finishes second, um, and and by a very similar margin there. So good job to those schools. Uh, I know Waynesboro and Wilson and both boys and girls will be advancing to 3C. And 2B, both Fort Defiance and Riverheads, uh, who on the boys' side, Fort finishes third in the region, Riverheads finishes fifth. Um, or in the district, excuse me, but they'll be able to go to the 2B region. And on the girls' side, both those schools will go Fort finishing second, Waynesboro finishing third on the girls' side, Riverheads finishing fourth. So they get to go to the regions, a lot of good representation there. Also some individuals from some of the other schools. So as that race uh, happens, I believe next week, we'll make sure we break that down and who who was able to do what. But well represented there. We have a good, strong cross country, uh, particularly Waynesboro, Wilson, and Fort. Uh, and Riverhead's sitting right there behind, kind of consistent fourth in both of those. So really good there to see a lot of good running. It is. Um, just to close the loop, Waynesboro cheerleading is going to states. Confirmed. 
Thank you. Good production. <laughs> College football. It was a good weekend, man. I, I miss Thursday nights for Virginia Tech football. I miss what Thursday night football used to be. Yeah. And I miss us being on it and being that feature and always looking good and winning and Lane Stadium. And it felt like a blast from the past on Thursday. I mean, they they did up the production uh, with the entrance. Not as good as sometimes how they do it, but still highlighted it. And then we looked good and we played the part and we seemed like the crowd made a difference. And we were playing defense. We were doing all kinds of crazy stuff on offense. We were making special teams plays. It just felt like the old school. So I I'm it it I loved it. I loved every minute of Thursday night. And then I love how that rolls into a weekend when we're when we've already won on Thursday and then you go into a Saturday. I love it. I love that feeling. So it was a good college football weekend for me, even if all my bets on Saturday didn't go well. I just still it, it went it was good just because of what Thursday night was. Yeah, I I was shocked, honestly. Like I thought maybe there was a chance they could win and prove me wrong and win, but I didn't see that. Like that, and I texted you during the game. I texted some other people um, that are also Hokies fans, and you I knew we were watching me the game. And you texted some friends. Yeah. Um, that yeah. Um, this is old Virginia Tech. Like this, I think the words I used was this is vintage Virginia Tech. Like yeah. this is the Love Virginia it. Tech I remembered from the heyday. Like they came out, and honestly, like Syracuse being that team made that even more so because I was like, I remember beating Syracuse like this. Like, yeah, honestly, it would have been a great game for the throwbacks because it would have, then I would have maybe been At like, least we were all Maroon. At then, least we were all Maroon. Yes, I'll take it. I, I agree with that. But if we had worn the throwbacks, I might've texted you like, am I dreaming? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's not Michael Vick. Michael Vick doesn't wear number one. Um, <laughs> but I mean, we looked good. We looked good. And that was yeah. awesome. I, I loved seeing that drones. Definitely still has some work to do, but he looked much better than he has the whole year up to this point. The defense, better. the defense racked up a ton of sacks. Special teams looked good. Everybody looked good. With with the offense, I, I keep saying like the phrase, this the offense with drones, and kind of putting credit yes. to like the play calling that we're doing with drones. But he is stepping into that where I'm I'm giving him credit. I mean, he's looking good. He's making the right decisions. He's pulling it and running. He's you know running the RPO the right way. He's hitting the guy on the slant with good time. And some of the deep balls can use some work, but I, I don't know. You, you texting me, we both had some concern on some of these special teams. Like as it happened, obviously not texting you, but out, out loud to my wife, when our running backs going over to the right and he has the football and I was like, Oh my God, he's going to throw it. And then it works out. That's nice. That's not special but teams, just, but that's like, offense. Yeah. But if we need to, I kind of accept it. If we're got to play with that mentality, if our offensive coordinator, who I've thrown a lot of hate at early in the season, if he needs that kind of edge to him or he's getting crazy and doing this and that, if we can keep it going positive, even if like, okay, that was incomplete. Now we'll run like a seven yard slant and get the first awesome. Like, okay, we're still moving the ball. So like if he needs that mentality and edge, I'll take it. I, I against a harder opponent. I might come off that a little bit, but right now, like if, if that's the kind of attitude we need, I'll take it. I like it. Yeah, I did text you at one point. I was like, I've seen more trick plays in this quarter than I care to see in a whole game. Um, but yeah, I agree. And again, if we're being picky, the red zone offense could use some work. It, we oh, did stall in the, the red zone a lot. Negative. <laughs> if we were, yeah. if we're being picky, but overall, when you have that kind of game and you win by that kind of margin, it you don't really care, and yeah. you, you can overlook. We're that. still putting points on the board when yes. we're down there. We're still so, we're not leaving empty, so that's important. And the defense wasn't letting them get down there, so that was that yeah. was awesome to see. Um, we got Louisville this week. 
and it's for and honestly, place like, in the ACC. <laughs> yeah, that's if you win that game, it's not for first, but you win yeah. that game, you're second, and you're going to the ACC championship. No, that's second, second, yeah. Oh, I thought you said first. Um, yeah. No, no, get a rematch. Florida State still exists. Yeah, get a, get a rematch against Florida State. <laughs> I will say, like, the Marshall, Purdue, Rutgers, like, those three games are ones you wish you could have back right now. Um, oh, yeah. And, and I do think, like, maybe some of that is, maybe we should have been playing drones the whole time. Um, but. Yeah, but we still have, like, a lot of people on Twitter were, like, quick to go there. And I think I was, like, kind of saying it in, in my in my friend group. Uh, you know, same kind of thing. I wish, I wish we could play those again. We, we win those games, but like, I think as a whole, we've grown up into this. So like, I just don't assume we just like, if we play drones early, we just go through all those games unscathed, but I wish we could have tried. I wish we could. I wish I'd know that for sure right now. Yeah. Um, but, uh, UVA almost picked up their second, uh, win in the ACC back-to-back wins in the ACC. They just came up short in overtime to Miami. Um, this is a better. team like Virginia Tech. They're playing better. They're getting better. Um, I know it didn't end the way they wanted to, but they pushed Miami. They've got a game against the Georgia Tech team that I think is winnable um, for them. I Georgia Tech is Jekyll and Hyde. So Georgia Tech won this week. So that means they're going to lose this week. Like that's just how Georgia Tech operates. If you look at their schedule, yeah. it's win, lose, win, lose. They lost to Boston College. What they do this week? They came out and they upset North Carolina. How are they going to celebrate the UVA game by going out and losing? Or how are they going to celebrate that victory by going out and losing to UVA? Like it's just what they do. Um, yeah. So not ruling it out. <laughs> yeah, and it's on the CW, which the rule for the CW is bet the dog. Bet the dog. Now, you just hope, if you live you in Virginia, see the end of the game. Yeah, if you live in Virginia, you can't actually bet the dog in this game. But if you happen to not be in Virginia state lines, bet the dog. Like this is yeah. the CW. I, you know, I heard a funny joke from uh, you don't listen to the Levitar show, but um, they were making fun of Dabo Sweeney, who again, yikes, Clemson. Um, was saying, I don't even know where the CW is. Like, I don't even think I get the CW. And they go, Dabo was saying he doesn't get the CW. Uh, he goes, next week they should put him on comedy. They should put Clemson on Comedy Central. Like, making fun of how bad Clemson is this year. That was one of the games I thought about picking. Now, that game wasn't on CW either. But that was a game I thought about picking as my dog. And I texted you when it happened. I was like, mm, wish I had picked it because I'm not super confident in Georgia Tech. Now, Georgia Tech ended up proving me right. Looked great. Loved that. Um, but yeah, the CW is where crazy games go. UVA is one and zero on the CW. No, they aren't. They're two and zero on the CW. They are one and two. They've played three games on the CW. They lost to Boston College. That was a C. Oh, that well, was CW. They beat North Carolina. I I overlook. I actually skipped there. They're one and one. They're one and one. I looked at the wrong thing. This game. I forgot the yet. Boston College was CW. Boston College game was there. I forgot about that. that was like Georgia the first Tech one. is one and zero on the CW. Yeah, they're not going to win. I'm telling you. The, but you do look. I mean, last week NC State the dog beat Clemson. The week before Virginia the dog beat Clemson. The week before that Pittsburgh the dog beat Louisville. UVA beat that NC UVA State beat, beat UNC. You said Clemson. 
You say Clemson again. NC State beat Clemson. Okay. Virginia beat UNC. Gotcha. Uh, Georgia Tech beat Wake. I don't know who's the dog there. But, yeah, there's been more dogs winning than, than favorites. So, Doggy. Uh, speaking of dogs, JMU. I'm not buying into it, though, just so you know. <laughs> JMU. Well, I'm buying into the seesaw of Georgia Tech. Um, and that means the seesaw hits the bottom this week. Um, of course I seesaw. But most all the time. But speaking of dogs, JMU held on against ODU in a rivalry game that was a game that maybe the longest college football game of the year. Um, that game took forever. I think ours was. I think Virginia had the Virginia Tech had the longest. Not game counting of the, the rain delay. Not counting the rain delay. <laughs> um, in terms of actual game time, I think that might be the longest yeah. one because I got back from Richmond at like eleven o'clock and it was like beginning of the fourth quarter, and my first reaction was, "Oh my gosh, what is going on here?" Like. And then I watch a little bit of the yeah. game, and I quickly realize, oh, we're going to have a conference every time there's a flag. Yeah. And anything that looks remotely questionable, we're going to have a 10-minute review for. So, We were at a wedding in Green County coming home, and I went home through Charlottesville thinking, okay, we'll avoid JMU getting out of this game and stuff. Mm-mm. No, I should have. we should have gone to Harrisonburg and like gone in the stadium and watched like the full fourth quarter, maybe third half, second half of third and the fourth quarter. It's it took way too long for that game to wrap up. Um, JMU holds on; they survive. It's a big win. The offense, yikes! There are there are too many times. This was kind of old JMU, where in like the second half, fourth quarter especially, JMU's almost sitting on it, just hoping to hoping that the clock runs out. Um, and they needed the defense more than once in that fourth quarter to get stops. Um, but you know, speaking to the review process, there was a play, the last play of the game where they're reviewing this play. And I told you, I was like, why are we reviewing this? It's either A, an incomplete pass, and the clock ran out, they lose. Or B, the call in the field was, they fumbled, Jamie recovered, the clock ran out, and we win. I was like... No, oh. the very last play. Absolutely. I was like, why are we even reviewing it? What's the point? For stats? Yeah. Okay. There was one play right before Do us that a favor. It review, like... it, review it at home. <laughs> Let these people go home. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, it was a mess. The they one in the end zone took forever game, too. That shouldn't have been an interception for for the other team. So yeah, there was there was a early. play in the fourth quarter too that ODU ended up having to kick a field goal on it, but it was reviewed in the end zone. And it took forever too, and I was like, the call on the field is incomplete. Like we're we're wasting so much time trying to parse this here and this there. I was like, if it's that close, it's not. You can't confirm. You can't overrule it. It's not indisputable video evidence. Like just. The call in the field stands. We move on. Sorry, he didn't catch it. And the announcers, again, yikes. I, I don't I don't like bad-mouthing other announcers, but there were, there were two or three separate things said in the fourth quarter alone down the stretch where the announcer's like, oh, I think I would do that. I think I would. And I was like, I texted you. I was like, I don't know. This, I need this guy tested for CTE because what he's saying is not logical in any sense. Like, yeah, I with a minute I 37, I think I'm going to punt this ball. I was like, why would you ever? And then later that? they asked, do you think he regrets it? Like, no, he doesn't regret. Like, what? He got the ball back. No, he doesn't regret it. That was by sheer luck that he got the ball back. And then with 20 seconds, he's like, oh, I'd, you know, just try to get a first down here. I'm like, wrong. You're going for the end zone. Like, what kind of question is this? Yeah, I, I agree. I am not quick on the announcers either because I know it's tough sitting in that seat even at the lower level 
But as soon as I get beyond ESPN two, I don't trust anything. Unless I'm watching ESPN plus and a VCU games on uh, <laughs> outside of that. I, uh, I am very quick to try to line up a radio broadcast, particularly a JMU or a tech game, try to line up that home radio or something just like, so I'm listening to people that actually know the teams a bit. Yeah. And, um, it's Honestly, just, people in those roles know football a pretty good bit, and I sometimes I worry about who who's on it on the U, or on the Ocho, or wherever we're getting down there. It's just yeah, it was curious. Some of some of his ideas for what the coaches should be doing, I was like, well, I know why you're where you are, like, because that would get you fired. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I even texted my yeah. brother, I was like, what is he talking about? Like, <laughs> and he's like. No. JM, you should pass the ball here on this third down. I was like, no, you run the clock. Because when you punt it away, the they're going to have 20, they're going to have like 40 seconds yeah. left to go the entire field. What yeah. do you, why yeah. stop the clock with a pass play? You buffoon. That was the other thing I was trying to remember. I was like, God, that is like the weapons grade stupid. Like, yeah. UN, UN investigators need to come in because that is weapons grade dumb, what you just said. Make sure you're not making a weapon of mass destruction with that stupidity. Like, yeah. So um, that being said, hats off to JMU. This is probably the last week they're going to be ranked because even though the AP and the college football playoff rankings are separate, the AP usually relies on the college football playoff rankings to make up their minds. Um, and so JMU being, I think, 24 or 23, depending on the poll you look at this week, that's probably it um, because the college football playoff rankings are going to come out, I believe it's Tuesday. And um, a coach's poll might hold on. I think coaches poll I can might. see coaches kind of holding on to JMU and, and like help improve that point. Maybe. Um, but the college football playoff ranking will come out and they won't be in that because they're not eligible for the college football playoff rankings, um, which is a bummer. But or statistics in the NCAA. Yeah. Despite having, you know, the nation's leading sack leader and one of the best defenses in the entire country that, um, the NCAA won't tell you that, but um, it doesn't change it from being true. And again, we want Georgia. Georgia sucks. Um, it's a good yeah, thing. It's a good it. thing because I would be proven. <laughs> I would be proven right. If we played Georgia in the college football playoff, we'd upset them. And then Leland would have to admit like, oh, maybe every conference champion should get in. Like maybe Joe's got a point here. Maybe there are upsets. Um, maybe we don't respect these other conferences just because they're not name brands. Um Speaking of, I'm good with the top. I'm good with the top G5. I'm good with the top one or two even of the G5 being in there. No problem. No argument. Let's let's talk about what surprised me. Uh, Oklahoma. And now we're going to get told that Kansas is actually a really good football team. Kansas had their backup quarterback. I texted you. I'm out on Oklahoma. Last week, I was like, okay, everybody gets a scare. You had your scare against UCF, but you survived. And then you come into Kansas and you just poop yourself. On national TV. They're fake. Texas is going to smack them in the mouth when they play again. Yeah, that didn't go my way. I had a free wager on that one. What'd you see coming? Uh, I saw Georgia Tech. Pumped for Georgia Tech. The rambling wreck got it done. Um, I also kind of saw Oregon lay in the wood on Utah. That kind of felt like Utah doesn't have Cam Rising. Oregon is going to come out with a vengeance. Um, I also saw Notre Dame absolutely blowing Pitt off the face of the earth. That was SmackDown Central. That I mean, that was 
it was so bad that Pat Narduzzi in the post game says we just need better players, and of course his players took to Twitter and didn't love that. Um, you good? Yeah, keep going. Okay, but Pat Narduzzi again in the post game press conference says we just need better players. His players then go to Twitter and uh, quote tweet that clip from the press conference, which is probably not going to help him uh, the rest of the way in this season because he's probably already lost his locker room or what's left of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're going to get shellacked again. I, I don't remember. They're playing Florida State this week. Dead. Hmm. All right. So I just fixed a thing, but you made a heck of a comeback there with that Georgia Tech. You had, they were plus 11 and a half against UNC. That was your super dog. And so that gave you 16 and a half points back to you. So the lead that was 24.5 and that's up to the minute here has been dwindled down to nine. So very good job by you. You needed one of those big upsets to go your way um, and you got it. So we have a, we have a race down the stretch here. Um, So my, my upset didn't do it. Michigan state. (laughs) <laughs> didn't do it so no shocker there um all right so what dog you got this week uh my dog this week i'm gonna take oklahoma state against those fake oklahoma sooners uh the cowboys have been playing a little bit better as the season has gone on oklahoma has looked bad now two weeks in a row so now it's a trend um and yeah i, I think this is a fake team now their defense has looked atrocious the past couple weeks their offense has looked skittish i i don't like the sooners anymore I like that pick. That's what I had written down, but I didn't get honors this week, so I couldn't take it. So I looked around the rest of the docket here and trying to find four and a half or worse. And, uh, you know, I don't like to bet teams in Virginia on this because uh, I can't really bet it in real life. But uh, I'm going to commit the ultimate sin here. Don't. I'm taking the Hokies. Oh, God. All right. Well, they're going to be in this thing. They might win it. They sold me. It felt like old, but Bud Foster, it just, I could smell them in the presence of this team. And so uh, I'm taking them. I'm they're going to double hurt me if they hurt me now or they'll double help me. So uh, what's the spread? I'm taking it. Nine and a half. Nine and a half. Yep. That's where I'm at. Well, there's probably only one way for that to go. Um, I hope it goes well. I'm picking Louisville uh, because I picked against Virginia Tech last week and they won. So I'm going to try to help you here. I'm going to pick Louisville again. Um, yeah, those are the one-point ones. The dog's the only thing that's worth a bunch of points. Everybody yeah. listen to our picks. The one-point ones just don't matter as much. So, yeah. Um, I'm, picking, I'm taking Tech. Tech all the way. I'm picking my dog and my homer pick. I'm picking UVA. I think, like I said, Georgia Tech, it's seesaw season for Georgia Tech. They won last week, so they're going to lose this week. I think the Cavs are playing better, and they're going to find a win here. I'm taking the Ramble and Wreck of Georgia Tech. And we both have JMU to beat uh, Georgia State. And that one is at 3.30, same time as the Tech game. You're locked this week. You got Nebraska minus three? Nebraska minus three. I like it. I have Penn State Mm -hmm. minus ten and a half on Maryland. You don't like that. Maryland just lost to Northwestern last week. And I think Penn State's going to be a little pissed off. I think it adds up to a two-score victory. I, I think they got that. Penn State. Uh, their offense was allergic to points against Ohio State. Yeah, they're going to win. They struggled with Indiana. Now, struggling with Indiana 
is bad. The only thing worse than that is losing to Northwestern, um, which Maryland did just do. But I do think um, Saturday it will no longer be October, so October Maryland is gone, and I think Maryland will rebound a little bit. There you go. October Maryland is a thing. And it's not good if you're a Maryland fan. Now, as a person who doesn't root for Maryland, I particularly think it's funny. But yeah. Did they have any did that state have any other teams play in in October for anything? Yeah, it wasn't great. (laughs) All right, NFL. (laughs) What surprised you from this week? I'll jump in here because I let you lead that college talk. I'm just surprised San Francisco has lost this many in a row. I, I really I bought into them yeah, being what's going on? the class of the NFC. I thought they were good. I think this gets get, gonna get to a greater overhead thing that I just am not impressed with anybody in the NFL, right? Like I, there's no great teams. And uh I don't mind that it's not the Patriots. I don't mind that they're not part of that, but I even Kansas City, I mean, they lost to Denver, which is in shocker. They do stuff like that. But just like overall, we're seeing Philadelphia lose to the to uh, the Jets the other week. We see the Dolphins that we keep trying to buy into not doing it. We see Buffalo not really doing it. And now we see San Francisco, who I, I kind of just had the most faith to be the most consistent of all of them. This is what, three in a row now? And it's just, it surprises me. So I, I that surprised me, as along with the Kansas City game. But I think San Francisco surprised me more. Yeah, I I can't get over what I'm seeing from the Niners. The the losses have now gotten to a point where I'd be worried. Like they're going to be in the playoffs. But I'd be worried about that yeah. Super Bowl talk that we were getting and the preseason Super Bowl favorites and all that. Like I'd be worried about that. I, this doesn't feel like yeah. that. But um, the good thing is it's not like oh we're really worried about this team that like we look worse than now because like no one is stepping up to that. So I, I think it could be a toss up come January. No, I your biggest competition in the like division. Three or four teams really have that shot to win it. Yeah. Your biggest competition in the division went out and got smacked by the Dallas Cowboys. So um, yeah, there's no real fear in terms of the division, I would say, but yeah, I, you, you have the chiefs here too. That's a team that again, they're going to win their division because their division is bad. But uh, you say there's no great teams. I I tend to agree with that. I think we go from week to week, and each week, maybe who you think the best team in the NFL is changes. I, well, I guess the Seahawks. <laughs> Never mind. I I just pulled up the standings. The Seahawks are five and two. They're quiet. Yeah, but Gino Smith. I- yeah. Uh, they're quietly having a successful yeah. season though. Um, that's fine, but I guess I don't project them to be 14. And that's a good point. Cause when you look now. at the AFC North, there's three teams there that seem fake. Yeah. Um, that all have winning records somehow. Um, yeah. The Steelers have a winning record. What are we talking about? They're that's what I'm not saying. Good. There's three teams there that yeah. have winning records that don't seem real to me. Like I don't typically them. Um, well, the Browns, I mean, (laughs) but no one believes in them. I know the Bengals have won three straight, but gosh, it feels like they've been given some games. The chiefs and the 49ers. Those were two of them. I think maybe, I don't know about the chiefs now that I've said it out loud. I'm worried that I might be wrong about that, but, um, yeah, I mean, you think the dolphins are great, but then the dolphins have to go play a team on the road and all of a sudden, yikes. 
Um, speaking of which, they're going to go not only on the road, but they're going to go to Germany. So to play the Chiefs. <laughs> but that's a team too that you're watching. like. I don't know. Is this team good? Who knows? Let's find yeah, out. I think it'll be a fun game to watch. I, I'm. I actually. It's going to work out in my favor. Just the way my life is working this weekend. Like waking up at nine thirty on Sunday is actually going to work out for me to watch that. Probably more uninterrupted than any other time that day. So I'll. I will take that game there. I'm looking forward to that one. But I. It. It seems more like a Sunday night game than a Sunday nine thirty after the time changes game. So yeah. Um. Uh, I also tell you what, Bills and Bengals. When you say the Bengals have won three in a row, that Bills Bengals game, I, I think it'll be entertaining. I think they'll they'll be taking punches at each other. I think it'll be fun. Uh, what surprised me was Will Levis. Will Levis yeah. looked, yeah, he he looked great. And I know the Falcons suck, but he looked great. That was a fantastic yeah. performance. And in the preseason, he did not look good. And I know that's the preseason, but he wasn't playing against the starters, and he was looking bad. And I was like, mm, this isn't good. Uh, I w- and I will say this. Um, let's let's be honest about it. It was the uniforms. That's why they won. They wore those Houston <laughs> Oilers uniforms. Now, I also don't know how I feel about the Tennessee Titans being allowed to wear that. I know that the Houston Oilers moved to Tennessee, and they were the Tennessee Oilers for one year. I One, I want to get rid of the name Houston Texans. I want them to be the Houston Oilers. I want the Houston Oilers to be a mainstay in the NFL. Go back. The pull a Charlotte, Charlotte Hornets thing. Like, yeah, just go back. Tennessee is the Titans. They yeah. lose that stuff. And now the Houston Texans, we get rid of that stupid name that never should have been picked, and you're the Houston Oilers. Like, I, I, that's, that's a cool uniform. It's a cool color scheme. It's unique. Um, navy, red, and white is used. It's used. It's been used. There's a lot of teams that have navy, red, and white, and maybe the navy isn't as dark as the Texans' navy. But it's in there. Powder blue, red, and white is not used. Use that. Those uniforms I mean, are cool. They're back to throwing the powder blue wherever possible, and I'm not against it. Those uniforms are cool. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Um, yeah. And it was cool to see them get that win. Uh, and Will Levis looks good. So maybe they have solved their quarterback problem because it certainly wasn't Malik Willis, and it's definitely not Ryan Tannehill. So might as well ride that hand. Per- Per pro football reference, they do still the Titans do still carry all the Oilers stats like as the franchise. So it's it's not. I mean, they just need to do I for for them to do what you want, and I'm not against it. Do like I just don't want them to get the name and colors? Take the history. Just take it back. Take the history or whatever. Just, that's fine. Take the history. That's fine. But the name and colors stay with that city. Yeah. Um. It's fine. But. But the Titans have been rocking the powder blue, so they kept that. That's fine. They can be navy blue, powder blue, and white. That's fine. I just want light blue, yeah. red, and white to be the Houston Oilers. Um, All right. Well, start a campaign. Let's go. Uh, what did I see coming? You've already got one of them. Uh, Jets, Giants, under. That was oh, yeah. free money. That is like Iowa unders. I just didn't get to my betting device in time. For yeah, that. that is Iowa unders. Now, speaking of Iowa, you want to guess what their under is this week? I think they play Northwestern. It's at Wrigley. It's in Wrigley, and it's like the lowest. It's the lowest ever. It's, it, ever. it's right it's under 29. Like, what'd you say it was? 29. 29, yeah. So like 30 is that mark, and they like being below 30 is crazy. It's the lowest ever. 
hey, they got to make some money sometime. I'm telling you, and I here's the thing that I see that number and I'm like, under. Mm, still fourteen ten, you know. Yeah, fourteen to ten <laughs> is under. Like I, gosh, they they suck. They suck. Those teams suck. They're bad. Yeah. They're bad. Um. And honestly, like when I saw that, it was like 34 and a half was the Giants Jets number. I was like, ain't no way 34 and a half points are being scored in that game. Um, yeah. And it wasn't. It was it was downright bad football. And Tyrod breaks his ribs. And so then they go to their other quarterback. And just like some teams in the Shenandoah district, they were scared to let their quarterback throw the ball down the field. And I was just like, man, it's really hard to win an NFL game if you're just going side to side all the time. And they didn't win. Um, so the Jets come back, they send it into overtime, they win the game in OT, uh, in what was a bad game. Another bad game, uh, was frankly your Steelers in the Jags game. Uh, that was I watching that under two. That was two teams watching themselves remove their helmets and then Gus Farratt into a cement wall trying to knock each other out, <laughs> like trying to knock themselves out like that. Jacksonville, I can't tell you how many times the red zone channel would be like Jacksonville's in the red zone. And then you would watch them fumble the ball and you're like, damn it. Yeah. What are you doing? And then yeah, the Steelers I, get called I mean, for the penalties. Too. I definitely did. The, the Steelers wide receiver saying the refs wanted the Jacks to win the game. And I was like, I'm sure the drop passes and your offense being totally inept I mean, had nothing to do with it, but the, okay. The only thing that like got a reaction out of me as a Steelers fan was that like last um, encroachment on the offense at the end of the game when, when they show the camera right down the line of scrimmage and very clearly a Jags player is on the other side, like lined up in the neutral zone, no Steelers out of place, but yeah, it's fun. But then it's not what cost the game. Like, I mean, it was just, you play bad, you're going to lose. So, and then you had that logic. The other under I hit was Kansas City Denver. And that was one when I saw the weather report Sunday. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah. and I saw that number was 43 and a half. I was like, nope, not doing it. Yeah. Now, I didn't have the Broncos winning. Um, I didn't pick a winner in that because I was worried that the Chiefs might. I don't know. I don't know how to say this other than the Chiefs are chiefing. Like, they're not, their offense. They're just piddling around. They're right. messing around. They're not looking good. The Broncos yeah. are playing shake it off after the game. Um, What's been costing me is the Pac-12 overs. Like, carousel. They, Those overs have become unders. And it's, oh, it's yeah. It's been hurting me. And it's a carousel over there. I like to grab a winner and an over. I don't, I don't like, like betting over-unders, but, yeah, Jets, yeah, Giants. I don't like it. But. Jets, Giants, and Chiefs, Broncos. When I saw that, I was like, oh. You're just going to give me money. Like, I'll take it. All right. Do you block time? I guess. I'll give you time to put some together. I, I'll i start out with the D block with the with the negative. And uh, I know Joe won't have much to say on this because he just didn't watch the show. And that's fine. Um, But it's really sad no matter – you know, whether you like the show Friends or not, like Joe likes to, it's one of his themes he likes to rant on, how bad Friends is and how Darth Vader's the good guy. Um, but yes. anyway, on to, on to the serious note. Matthew Perry passing, very sad. And this is a guy that's been very public about dealing with his addictions. Uh, you could see him going through it when he was on the show. Um, and it's tough to watch even like the old show, you know, the clips and watching old episodes and seeing, seeing the physical toll that his addictions were taking on him. 
And, and, and plus learning more about it now, you, you look back at that differently. But he's been very open about it. Last year was on ABC with a Diane Sawyer interview, um, put out a book, and apparently it's very good. Um, and you got to commend him for a lot of his message was how supportive he was of people going through that. Um, I liked one of the questions she asked him in one of the clips that I saw today, and I remember seeing it before, was like, what do you say when someone calls and says they're they're battling or dealing with this? And he says, come over. And like, from all the people that cared about him, acted with him, they always said the best things about him. And, and as we learned with like Robin Williams and, and other people, you know, some of the people that are the funniest in the room are also the one battling the darkest stuff. So it's, I think he's another one. I mean, it's very apparent. He's one of those people as well, just on his own account. And uh, I know the, the reasonings for his death has not been out uh, public or uh, they're not going to be um, specific about that now, but you do just kind of look at the situation and, and, you know, assume not great. Um, and it's sad. And, you know, for a show that's brought so many people joy and, and a lot of people like that show and, and people laugh at it and love his character. And, and I always appreciate that people related to his character. I think uh, like anybody that likes the show at some point they say, Oh, I relate to Chandler the most. And that's because, he kind of had all those vulnerable moments and um, some just great lines and everybody wanted to be as funny as he was, uh, I would say too. So I, it's just a classic character early in that show, they would put Chandler's character in those first couple seasons in situations, acting situations that they wouldn't put the other ones in. Cause I, he was better. He, he could handle being on his own. He didn't need the core. Um, to, to be who he was and they could throw him in a, a, a power outage at a blackout in New York City with another person that's not a normal character on the show and that could be kind of the main part of that whole show and how funny that is and let him pull that off and he had multiple things like that so uh, it's a big loss um, for you know Hollywood to lose somebody that that talented but also somebody that was that committed to making change for people in, in a town that has a lot of people uh, that make a lot of money and then they turn into bad things. He, he was on the side now trying to help people get through that stuff. And he had his failures and successes with it. And um, so you, you just hate that he's not going to be part of um, the charge to help other people anymore. And uh, so it's a big loss. And, uh, you know, seeing people's comments, you know, the core group of the friends, you, you kind of wait to hear some specifics from them and they put out a joint uh, statement, which makes perfect sense because they're just, I don't know how those people would put out something that even does justice to what he meant to them. Um, but other people too, um, Hank Azaria, who we've talked a lot about on our podcast, he was, uh, the main character for the, um, the broadcasting show, the baseball broadcasting show. What's the name of that Joe? It just, Brockmeyer, Brockmeyer, Brockmeyer. I mean, he was a recurring character on friends, but you know, they were really good friends and there's, you know, stories about, you know, taking each other to rehab and stuff like that. So they're very, very close. And uh, it meant a lot to kind of hear his thoughts. I think if you're looking for comments on um, him, uh, I think he's one to look at too. Hank Azaria's uh, little uh, selfie um, discussion yesterday, I, I, that meant a lot to see. So it's sad. Um, I'm a fan of the friend show friends. Cause I grew up at the time where it was hard not to be. And uh, you know, those DVDs were kind of the first 
first DVDs that everybody kind of had. And, and you, you'd been the first binge watching I ever did was friends. And, uh, early on in my relationship with Stephanie, uh, we, we were binging friends. There was a set at school and she had a set at home and we'd be basically watching friends together, but, um, on the phone or, you know, catching up at the same time. So, um, to lose one of those people off that show and especially one that, you know, was my favorite character. Um, it stinks. And, uh, so it surprises me how much it affects me. I think I've started to analyze, I've started to sadly look through other celebrities, like who, who else is going to bug me and bother me when we lose them. And, and it's a terrible list that I've now created. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it stinks. And, uh, but, uh, I don't know. I just wanted to talk about that for a minute. Cause you know, it kind of hit me. We we're on the way back from the wedding on Saturday and I mean, they came in on the radio and, and made a comment and that's not common <laughs> for, for that to happen. So you, you hate, hated to hear it. And uh, I won't be excited to hear more information on how exactly it happened, but it's a sad thing nonetheless. Yeah. Um, I'll pick us up a little bit. Uh, what has been dominating? Yeah, you're going to be the bright spot in the podcast tonight. Yeah. That's my role here. <laughs> um, Look at this. <laughs> Uh, what has been dominating my life? Uh, did trivia? I do trivia, you know, every week or most every week. That'll change some now that basketball season's getting ready to start because uh, they play on Wednesdays. But um, this week was Halloween week this past week, and we dressed up as characters from Jurassic Park. And I did Dr. Alan Grant because I have most of, well, I had the entire costume to make the ensemble. So um, did that. We ended up winning the, tr- the night, uh, which was great. The uh, question. I will say, like, there is a point in the night where um, if I think we're about to win, I get um, a little swaggery. Um, and I don't say it out loud for other people to hear, but I'll start talking to the people at our table and be that swaggery person. Um, the music round is the last round. And usually, like, if it's a category, like this week, it was songs that start with H. And I was like, okay, I like our shot here. Because even if you don't really know the song, like you hear the first three or four seconds of the song and you're like, all right, this is hmm. this genre. This would be a song that starts with H that would fit. And sometimes that can help you. Now, this week, I knew every single song. I knew the artist oh, and I knew every single song. And the way it works is the trivia host, she will play the songs twice then go through all the songs. After she's done with all the songs doing that, she'll go through them one more time, playing them once through. After question 10, after she played it, and we wrote the answer down with the artist, I said, take it up. And she's like, you don't want to hear it one more time? And I was like, take it up. We don't need it. I was so like, what, what were some of them? Uh, let me see if I would have it. Like, <laughs> if I would have confidence okay, well, the first one was Hot else. Stuff. The first one was Hot Stuff. Okay, I know that one. Yeah, the second one was Hotel California. Um, okay, I know that one. I don't. I can't remember them all now. Uh, have you ever seen yeah. the rain? Was one. Um, I think narrating it to H, I would have gotten the title. I think. You know, I don't know if I would have gotten the whole title just off. Yeah, that's there was one I did not know the artist, but someone else on our team did, which was a tremendous help. Um, and which one was that? I don't remember now. Um, <laughs> It was an oldie, um, and I was like, "Oh, I don't know who would sing that, yeah. but this is—I'm pretty sure this is the name of that song." And she was like, "Oh, I know this. I know who sings that." And I was like, "All right, awesome. Then we got a hundred. Like, 
And so when she took it up there, I was like, guys, we're about to win this whole thing. We're about to win our second round, which means we're going to be the only ones to do that, which means there ain't no way we're not winning because we were in a tiebreaker in another round that we didn't win, and there's just no way we're not winning. Um, so as our main competitor is a group of teachers um, at this winery uh, that, that also go to the winery for Trivia Night, and um, we have a friendly rivalry, and they were like, oh, you know, and I heard them talking over at their table that, you know, oh, I just I don't know what to put for this one. And I lean over and talk to a person on our my team sitting next to me. And I'm like, well, I'll tell you what, they better hope it's right, because if not, they're done. I was like, one wrong, <laughs> you're out. That's how this is going. Now, we had a three-way tie in that round. Um, but we end up we ended up going so deep in the tiebreaker that um, even though we the teachers beat us for that round, the overall trivia tiebreaker was uh, what year were Beanie Babies invented? Oh, wow. Invented? What year did they come out? I guess like 96? We would have beaten you. And this is, where, this is where I forgot where I was a little bit. Because I got, this is where the swaggery came out too much. And this is, I'm sorry for the long story to the audience, but <laughs> this is where the swaggery came out too much. Because I knew what our answer was. And I didn't know Jesus. if it was right or not. But when she said the teacher's answer, the teacher's answer was 1989. And when they said 1989, I was like, nope. And I was like, oops. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> I knew they were out. So we said 1994. The answer was 1993. 93. Okay. I knew it was in the 90s because I was like, man, I remember them. Like, I remember when they yeah, came when out. I was in middle school, I think is when they kind of hit that peak. Yeah, you know, I remember like, when they came out. I remember the craze. Seven was like that Princess Die one. Yeah, yeah, like, that was always a big deal. So ninety six was probably a bad guess, but I probably wouldn't have gone all the way to ninety three. Yeah, so we, I was, yeah. I was happy with our answer, and when, yeah, when they said eighty nine, I was like, nope, that's it, and uh, we won, <laughs> we won the round. Uh, it was fun though. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, our team had a good, good time, uh, but. That has been what's been dominating my life on a, uh, it's my like social outing each week. Um, but it's a lot, yeah. of, it's a lot of fun. The other social outing, I'll um, take, I'll take the, what I need, know that you need to know, uh, first and then you can go. Yeah. Uh, my other social outing is going to Richmond every so often, uh, to call VCU soccer games, uh, in the fall <laughs> and the men's team won the A-10 regular season championship in style. Uh, they went out, they played St. Bonaventure, uh, the team that was ahead of them in the standings, Davidson, had gotten upset by Rhode Island earlier in the day. So they knew if VCU wins, they will be the A-10 regular season champions. They will be the one seed for the A-10 tournament. The reason that is important is they're probably going to have to win the A-10 tournament to get in to the NCAA tournament. Um, and the high seed hosts each round. So if VCU is the one seed, obviously they're hosting every round that they would play in. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, they came out, they scored in the 21st minute against St. Bonaventure to make it one nothing. Ten minutes later, it's 2 nothing. Then they go to the second half. They add two more in the second half. It was a 4 nothing thrashing of the Bonnies. Uh, VCU looked great. They, they came out with a, with a goal in mind, and they accomplished that goal. Uh, and it's uh, a big win for them to win the A-10. And uh, now they're getting ready for the A-10 tournament, which is going to be a challenge because toward the top of that conference, it's really – kind of wide open. I mean, all those teams are kind of jumbled up. I think there was like two points separating the top four teams. So 
really, really tight race, um, and it should be a really exciting tournament. Watch it on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, I know VCU will at least be playing Friday, um, and uh, I'll be there. Nice. All right. Uh, I want to hit the thing that we didn't talk about when we should have is the ACC. And I, I just like schedule talk. So I, that's why I would say it for here. ACC, you know, they just put out the new scheduling model like a year ago and they changed up the constants for Virginia Tech's football schedule and Miami wasn't on it and everybody got all upset. Well, when you add three more teams to the ACC, you got to do it again. They fixed the problem. We got UVA and Miami as our constant guys on our schedule. Perfect. Well done. ACC, thanks for using your noggin. And do that, I'm sure Miami's or Florida State and us, that all makes sense. I didn't look at everybody else's. I didn't look at Yeah, who UVA's, cares? But it, I would, it has to be UNC. It has to be UNC. Um, but, uh, yeah, I love it. I, I'm glad that we're back with Miami. I know Miami's dangerous. They're always recruiting. They're always firing coaches. That's fine. I want to have to beat Miami. I, I'm good with it. Like, if we can't beat Miami, then we don't deserve to win the ACC. So I'm good with this. I am too. I like it. Um, I- I'm glad that we're uh, playing. <laughs> That's what I should have put. I should have put that. Uh, th- I just got sent a text. Uh, this is bad podcasting, but I just got sent a text by a friend um, that reminded me of what I should have put here. Um, um, let me finish your point, and then I'll talk about this. Uh, but, yeah, I, I like Miami and UVA being our constants. I, we, I remember when the first one came out, and it was Pitt and UVA, and I was like, I mean, I hate Pitt, but I prefer Miami. Like, and not because – I mean, Pitt's obviously the easier team, especially as, if Pat Narduzzi's going to be there. But uh, Miami is the is the real rival there. I feel like as a Virginia tech fan. And so it's, it's nice to have them on there. I would like to see Virginia tech and West Virginia sign a long-term non-conference rivalry. Um, but I doubt they do that. So. It does look like Virginia's is UNC. So I, I mean, they're getting things right. I think, I think that's where they got a, like hard on themselves is like, I think it's easy to name two teams that every team should play every year. Like, I think that's the easier thing that's proving to be true here. But I think once it made it to three, then it started making stuff unbalanced. And we, so it's fine. I'm glad it got fixed. You know, Cal, SMU, and Stanford are all going <laughs> to start to. At first, be I did. Buddies. I forgot Cal and Stanford are coming. And so, like, when I looked at the first year that they had released, I was like, oh, this is Virginia Tech's full schedule. And I was like, wait, why is there only. Why, why is there not enough games on here? And I was like, oh, that's right. This is yeah. just conference, and Stanford is part of the conference now. Um, it is weird <laughs> i just i forgot i forgot i'll never get used to it um but what and i like got we don't like go ahead i i do like that it's not like i don't see where we're doubling up west coast trips on a way no there's only one west too. coast like, trip. They're, they're mixing it up yeah they, they they're using the brain i like it it sucks for them but it's good for us um yeah. that's what they get for joining the conference um but what I got sent, and it reminded me, uh, I have an uncle that graduated from Shepherd University. And if that na- if you're like, man, Shepherd University rings a bell, why is that ringing a bell? Um, if you're not familiar with it for any reason, like a, you or a child went there or you know of someone that went to that university, uh, Tyson Bajan, the Chicago Bears quarterback uh, that has replaced Justin Fields due to injury, uh, graduated from Shepherd. And they've talked about him a lot. 
the past couple weeks. Uh, you got his big win in the opener, and then last night was maybe not as good. Um, that that was a game where honestly, I don't know how Bears fans do it. I was rooting for the Bears just for that and to gaslight my cousin um, because I'm in a group text with him, my uncle, and a friend of ours, and three of us in that group text are talking big game on Tyson Bajant. And my cousin is getting angry at us because he's saying Tyson Bajant sucks. Why are you guys praising him? And we were like, you just don't see it. Um, For instance, when that first interception, Tyson Bajant hits the corner right in the chest uh, and his receiver is not really in the picture. Uh, My cousin goes, what did you think about that pass? You were singing his praises (laughs) earlier. What did you think about that pass? And I was like, obviously, the receiver ran the wrong route. Um, <laughs> and uh, I will say, watching that game, there was a lot that the Bears players were doing that was awful. Like, I mean, running backs are dropping the ball, receivers are dropping the ball, defense can't tackle anybody. I say all this because the line that made me lose lose it last night in the group text was again my uncle. And his son, my cousin, are in this group text, and we're making his my cousin mad. My cousin texts me at one point at halftime saying, if you don't stop fanning this flame, I'm going to fight you. And <laughs> I send back a gif of someone holding a match in front of an aerosol can. Um, and then as the second half goes, uh, there's another interception, and my uncle goes, gosh, this team is really trying to kill Tyson Bajan. And I was like, I hear you, man. Saboteurs. And uh, my cousin, I don't remember his reply to that. Uh, Probably wasn't podcast appropriate. But my uncle's response to him, and this was the text that made me lose it, was uh, his name is Chris. He said, Chris, do not be a hater. And that's spelled out. He doesn't use contractions when he texts, which is another thing that just when you're reading it makes me laugh. Chris, do not be a hater because he is my boy. You are still my son, which I laughed. I was like, what a line. What a line. That should be his song. (laughs) Oh, I loved it. And now my brother and I know what we want to do for Christmas. Uh, Gosh, we just got to find it. Like, that's going to be the hardest part is finding it. But we know what we want to do. Oh, Tyson Bajit, man. I hope he starts forever. He won't because he sucks, but I hope he, he does. He won't. <laughs> I don't know, and man. A lot of quarterback every... injuries this week. A lot of quarterback injuries this week. Go get you a Tyson Bajit. Oh, the other thing that we did, and this was me gaslighting my uncle. During the week, there was a lot of football podcasts being like, oh, where did he go? I, Shepherd Universe. Where is that? Is that? That's a fake school. That's a made-up school. And we would send that in the group text, and he would get mad. Uh, Mike Golick was an idiot uh, this week, according to him, and doesn't know anything about football. Uh, Will Compton was another one who doesn't know anything about football. Um, I got the responses I wanted out of that. Again, I love my uncle, love my cousin, uh, but sometimes you got to be the agent of chaos and just watch the world burn. I like it. So that will do it for us on the X Sports Podcast. Uh, tune in next week to get your Tyson Bajan update. 
Um, and also, uh, how the playoffs are going to go. I mean, we're going to wrap up the high school football regular season. We will know for sure who is seated where and who is playing who in the first round of the high school football playoffs next week. So be sure to tune in for high school football playoff preview. Uh, we'll know a little more about volleyball and we will know hopefully something about cheerleading in the near future as well. Uh, so we'll have all those local sports. We're getting ready for winter sports too. We'll be covering those. Make sure you're tuning in for all the local high school sports coverage. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, we'll see if Louisville goes down and Virginia Tech can do the crazy. Or if I was right when I told Leland to get his head out of his behind. Only one of us will be right. We'll see what happens. I will say, in Leland's defense, uh, Virginia Tech has played a lot better since I said that. So you're welcome. Um, and <laughs> that's, that's the approach, huh? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so... <laughs> Until next week, folks, this has been the Yak Sports Podcast. Have a great week. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.